At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare uh. check it out now uh. no doubt now Thursday morning, February 10th, 2022. It is the Beating the Book podcast, the last mega pot of the year. Skill Alexander, live from the D, where Mike Palm is absent today. Uh, are we allowed to say why Mike is absent? Todd, do you know? Are we allowed to say why? I don't know about the allowances or disallowances. All right. In that case, Mike is a new father. So uh, there you go. That's why Mike is not here with us. We assume that's the reason. Congratulations to Michael Palm. Todd, Todd is in the uh, his mom's cork attic there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You good, Todd? I am not a new father as far as I know. No, that is correct. Uh, yes. and, and for those who are wondering. Or an old father either. Can you can you tell the bridge story? Did you tell the bridge story on the podcast last week or was that on the radio At the, at the way end. At the way end. We t- it, I was just talking about where the casino is that I go to every night. My office is literally, it's literally a mile or two from my house. And I drive directly over that bridge. And then I park and then I drive back at one o'clock in the morning after the late West Coast games. I drove home at one o'clock in the morning the night before. And my friend Sean said, now you broke the bridge. That's just great. Now we, At 7 o'clock in the morning, the bridge fell down. And we can laugh about it because nobody nobody died, right? Nobody died. Nobody died. Nobody okay, died. what's the name of the bridge in Pittsburgh? I think it's called the Fern Hollow Bridge. Fern I mean, Hollow we always bridge. think of it just the Regent Square Bridge to get over yeah. Regent Square. But it's a real pain in the neck because now to go to my office, i got to go all the way around. Oh, man. There's no more bridge there. Well, it's gl- a real pain. I was thinking, is the universe trying to tell me there's something wrong with going over to my office and watching okay. games? We're glad you're okay. It was uh, very uh, interesting. Our guest for Super Bowl 56, nobody is more appropriate to have as a guest for the Super Bowl. Then Rufus Peabody, everybody. Rufus on the show. Thank you, Rufus, for being on the uh, podcast for the second time this season. Appreciate it. And second time in studio. That's right. Second time in studio. By the way, if I'm sounding a little weird, it's because uh, I was just let out of quarantine, and I thought I was over this COVID thing, and all of a sudden, like, uh, it's like the revenge of the universe on me, and I can't breathe all of a sudden. So if I if I uh, pass out in the middle of the show, you'll know why. So, Gil, should I put my By mask the way, over those... the earphones yeah. or <laughs> yes. over the mic? I, like, over what's the pro- proper protocol here? No, I'll be fine. Here just so fine. you know, the people are not booing. That's Rue. They're saying Rue for Rufus. <laughs> the, the crowd, you know. The crowd. That's right. <laughs> Big crowd. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're going to get through our prop bets. We're going to talk a little in-game props. We're going to talk, I will anyway, exotic props offshore because that's what people are here for. They want to know about the anthem and about Eminem and Dre 
Mary J. Blige, and I'm all here for it. That's what I'm here for. Uh, as far as Super Bowl 56 is concerned, I can tell you're both very excited about that portion. Uh, Super Bowl 56, the Bengals and the Rams. This is toggled between four and four and a half. There is a three and a half out there now. Really? Uh, but, yeah, it's toggled between four and four and a half the whole the whole time here. It's four now, consensus, in favor of the Rams. Total is down at 48 and a half. It opened at 50, I believe. Got down to 49 and a half, 49, now 48 and a half. It has stayed at 48 and a half for a long time also. And so, Rufus, we'll start with you just on the on the line and the total itself. Do you have any bets? Did you make a bet? Do you plan on making any bets? I, I do not have a bet. I, you know, if I get a good Rams money line at some point, I might make that bet. I, I lean Rams, but I have been focused on props, and the line is pretty close to my number. Yeah. My number is minus four and a half without any home field advantage to the Rams. You know, I've heard different arguments of, you know, how much home field advantage they should get. And let's and let me just say this about your money your call on the money line on the Rams, that we say this every year. For the last quarter century, this is what Chrissy Andrews estimates. For about the last quarter century, for whatever reason, people, the casual better, bets the Super Bowl differently than they do dogs during the regular season. So during the regular season, betting behavior is usually take the dog plus the points. For whatever reason, and no one really knows why, the last 20, 25 years, when betting the Super Bowl, people tend to take the dog on the money line, and what it creates is this artificial muting of the favorite on the money line. So I remember like a few years ago when the Patriots were playing the Falcons, for instance, was at three or three and a half, a little smaller than this spread, but you could get like offshore the Patriots line, money line got all the way down to like minus 140, if I recall. So that's the kind of opportunity you're talking about, I guess. The Super Bowl middle has exist for a long, existed for a long time. It's because people, you have a lot of people that are betting like once a year just on the Super Bowl. Right. And those kind of people, they don't want to bet, um, they don't want to lay, my, they don't want to bet a favorite on the money line. They want to bet a favorite on the spread um, because, you know, they would like that regular payout. They don't want to lay minus 170. But if they're betting the underdog, they want the they want that sort of lottery payout. The bang so, for your buck. Yeah, the bang for the buck. They yeah. so. they also don't understand the the point spread. Many many people That's do true. not still understand the point spread. Have you ever tried explaining the point spread to a novice? It really doesn't seem like a very complicated topic, but try explaining it to people, and you will very very quickly understand the trouble that human beings have with mathematics. So the question is, how do you explain it? I feel like different people explain it different ways. Oh, that's a good point. Well, I'm, maybe I'm it's just your explanations that. Well, that that's a good point, Rufus, but I don't think it's uh, accurate in this case because I'm actually pretty pretty articulate in, no, in he's explaining not, he's things. Not, he's not questioning your art being articulate or not. He's saying, how does one explain that to the novice? Right? I'll tell you how I would explain it. I would say, oh, if the spread is three and a half, what that means is is that the team that is favored by three and a half must win by four or more points for you to cash your bet. Whereas if you bet on the underdog, they must win outright, or even if they lose by three or fewer, you will win your bet. That's how I would explain it. Oh, you know what I would say? I'd say that number next to it, you just add or subtract that number to your team's total and compare it to the other teams, and whichever's higher wins. Oh, you see, that'll confuse people. Well, it's just like minus, you know, your team's total, minus three and a half against their total. That Boom. sounds so logical to you, but that would confuse me. If I didn't know what, I, what you were talking about, like, I'd be like, what? Yeah. 
Three I've found See, I've, I've found giving them examples. I, I've found giving them examples is is the only way that it really penetrates their brains at times. For instance, if it's a four point line, and I say if the final score is twenty one to seventeen, oh, that's a good point. Who would win? Yeah. No. And then if the score is twenty one to eighteen, who would win? If it was twenty one to sixteen, who would win? You know, that seems to be the only way they get that's, it. That's I hope it's twenty one to eighteen. I think I have an exacta for eighteen. Do you? Okay. Graham's 18. So did I ever tell you the story about me being behind the book at the South Point during the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl when it was – so the Patriots oh. – so yeah, so this is, has to do I with ha you. I had the nine, the yes. Patriots to so score this, exactly nine ticket when is, it was 28 to nine. That's yeah. my whole story. Okay. Oh. So I used to do it those days. Now I do the full betcast for VEASAN. Uh, but those days I only used to do the first half. And so after the first half, I would I would – I didn't want to travel home because I'd miss the second half. So I'm like, where am I going to hang out for the second half? This place is a madhouse. Oh, I'll go back with Chrissy and Jimmy, Vaccaro, and Vinny, and I'll watch the Super Bowl and quiet back there. So I go back there. Remember, it was 28-3 to at halftime, famously. people It's the only Super Bowl where people remember a mid-game score more than they do the final score. So it's 28-3, to and the Patriots score a touchdown to make it 28-9, to and I think Gostkowski missed an extra point, if I'm not mistaken. They didn't go for two there? They did not go for okay. two, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, I could be wrong, but that's not the point. They ended up on nine. And so I'm back there, and Chrissy has – Chris Andrews, who runs the South Point Hotel Casino, their computer back there, they can look at all their liability for any number of their hundreds of props. And so all of a sudden, like, he was all jovial, and then all of a sudden, he like, his face turns a little, uh, like, sour. And I'm like, what, what's wrong? Like, I know him well enough where I can – something's wrong. He goes – Ah, and you know his face. He goes, we really don't want this to end up on the nine. And I go, why? He goes, let's just say we're in for six figures if the Patriots end up on the nine. I go, really? Do I you know? You mean nine exactly? Nine, nine exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, now, exactly. Now keep nine. in mind, it, in real time, it only ended up being 15 minutes because the Patriots famously came back and not only got off the nine, but won the game. But for those 15 minutes of real time, not even football time, Chrissy's dying back then. I'm like, do I know the person who has the nine? He goes, yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> what was the odds? What, what, what was the odds for oh, them I landing I the nine? I don't know. I tweeted out the ticket after it lost, actually. Yeah. So I was like, man, I had a little sweat for a little while. Um, I, I, it was pretty high. I don't remember exactly. If you could check my like, I mean, Twitter history, you so can find uncommon. it. Nine is so uncommon. I mean, I guess nine is that you get there three with field three goals. field goals. But, other, field goals. but that's about it. Three field goals or a touchdown, miss extra point and field goal. Right. Well, it was 28 right. to nine for a you know, brief amount of time. And then, yeah. then it wasn't anymore. But that was my, yeah, that was the, I don't think I ever told you that story. The So, okay. Um, Todd, do you have a play on either the side or total? I mean, I'm not going to play it pregame. I mean, I don't play any of the games pregame pretty much, so why would I play this one pregame? I'm going to play it uh, under – I mean, if I had to for, you force me, I would play the under 48.5. Why? Or that? I would play the, the, the Cincinnati team total under 21.5. That's probably the, the best one that I would play would be the Cincinnati under 21.5 team total. Why is this night different from any other night is what you're basically saying. Exactly. It's a Manishtana kind of deal. Ma yeah. it's, first of all, it's Manishtana. Manishtana. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask Rufus. Can I ask Rufus a, a quick question Please, about props? You can do whatever you want to kind do. of interesting. Um, Rufus, one of the things – I mean, I don't play a lot of props. I've played more props this year, but I don't really play a lot of props in general. But the, um, the thing that I always wonder is if you – when you're making – when you're playing your props, aren't you – 
aren't they a lot of them correlated to what's happening in the game? So can you get in a situation where, let's say you've made 100 props, if one team doesn't win, you're going to lose 80% of them or something? Does that happen? Or is there some non-correlation ability for you to have so many different props that the, the result of who would win does not really come into effect? And if that is the case, if the former is the case, then wouldn't you be just rather better betting the teams themselves? So that's a really good question. I think it's one that's kind of complicated, and I, I, I don't know all the exact correlations. Um, certainly, a lot of the props are based on what the point spread and the total are. And so what, I guess, what, the, the way we anticipate the game playing out as a result of that. So, for example, the Bengals are a four-and-a-half-point underdog, which means um, a four-and-a-half-point underdog on average, when they have the ball, will be trailing by 3.1 points. Every snap on their average snap, they'll be down 3.1 points. I know that sounds like a larger number than you'd expect, right? Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, if the line was pick, even if the line's pick, the average, um, a, a, well, the team that is pick is going to be trailing on average on their snaps because, you know, think about it, the game starts at 0 0. A team goes up seven. Oh, now the other team's down seven. They have the ball down seven. So because you, you're getting the ball after the other team does, right? So, right. um, but wait, so, wait, wait, wait. So, you're so, saying in a pick game they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be down more than they're up when they have the ball. Yeah, both teams will be down more than they're up when they when have, they the, have ball. the ball. Think about it. I've never okay. if you've never thought about it, it's kind of okay. counterintuitive, but it makes sense because okay. it's you get the ball after the other team has it. They score, then you, you know. Anyway, we're getting off track here. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes, there there are definitely things that are correlated, but there's also things that are sort of. Um, and I don't want to say anti-correlated, but, but correlated the other way. So, for example, if I'm against a team's passing game, um, let's say I was against, you know, um, the Bengals' passing game and against all the Bengals' wide receivers. You know, certainly, um, you know, if I knew that Jamar Chase had nine catches for 170 yards, then my expectation for T. Higgins is going to be less than right. not knowing that. So so there's, there's negative correlation there, right? So... Um, okay. there, there, you know, certainly you can get, um, one of these really bad outcomes, um, which basically bad outcome for me means things happening that are exciting for the average fan. I root for the most boring Super Bowl ever typically, but, um, most of these, um, you know, there, I, I bet enough esoteric stuff and that, that it, that I feel like, you know, even if, if the, you know, unless it's like a crazy offensive game, um, I'm I'm not in that that much trouble. I mean, obviously, I could still be in trouble, but right. you know, just but but it's not 100% correlated to a huge offensive game. All right, let me let me step in here before you ask 55 more questions, Todd. And let's just establish for the audience some street cred here for Rufus. Now, I know you downplayed this when you were on a numbers game earlier this week. But the reason that Rufus is appropriate for the Super Bowl, perhaps more than it, he's he's appropriate every week, but perhaps more than anything any other time of year is because this was Super Bowl props was when you were back with your team back in the day this was kind of your week this was your thing right and you made you made out very well doing this you acknowledged you weren't the first person to do this but you were the first person at least at least to my knowledge that got notoriety for doing that is that fair I think that's fair yeah and and do you find that the opportunities are fewer and further between, or do you think that there's still quite a few of those opportunities still? I think there's still quite a few opportunities. The opportunities are not as large as they used to be. Not as large. Not as, as large. It's the mistakes I mean, aren't as big. Right. Right. You don't have the same gravy you used to have in terms of sports book 
prop openers. So I think there's a lot, there's, books have more surface area to defend now, um, especially with these same game parlays and stuff like that, which honestly, I'm sure there's a ton of value to be found there. Yes. It's, it's not something I've really looked into. Um, I'm, I'm at the, you know, I'm at the point where I'm betting props, I would say once a year, but I actually bet them the last two weeks also. So, um, so a few times a year, uh, just cause props there, it's a, it's a lot of manual work. There's a ton of art to it. Um, but there are, I think opportunities are a little bit different. They're smaller, but a lot of it now is betting very close to game time after the public has driven up prices. So the public loves betting on things to happen. They like betting receivers to go over, players to score touchdowns um, on a safety, on a defensive or special teams touchdown. And so the opportunities there, um, especially with marquee players, to sort of bet unders close to game time after the public like is Cooper driven Cup, up. Exactly. Like, like Cooper I'm, Cup under receiving yards. Right. You think it's going to get blown way out. It is. I mean, I of course, I think it is. I mean, he's averaged 118 or 117 receiving yards per game. So not, um, not, to, his, yeah. not to interrupt your flow, but that's, so that's the biggest biz, bit of macro advice we can give, right? Generally speaking, if you're thinking about betting over on those kinds of guys and those kind of props, you should have already bet them. Yeah, and if you, if you want to bet Cooper Cup over, the best time to bet it is right now. If you wanted to go under, wait as long as you yes. can. And especially so, wouldn't you say, because... We now have more and more states, and just this week, right, just not this week, but just this past month, New York and Louisiana are brand new. This is entire new generations of people that do have not bet illegally, right, have not bet with a local bookie, have not bet offshore, who have waited for their legal opportunity to bet. And this is their first crack at doing this stuff. That's a total, under, uh, that's a total overwave. Of yeah. betters, you would imagine. And it's an unknown. It's an unknown how much it's going to affect these books' pricing, how much they're going to respond and say, oh, you know what? We're going to leave. You know, we know that people betting the over, we know we have the edge there. Um, let them bet the over. We'll take on liability versus they'll say, you know what? This is too much liability. Let's move this number. Because I think the European books, um, the DraftKings, FanDuel's of the world, BetMGM's, Caesars, um, they're, I don't know if I should call Caesars European. I don't know. Are they? Um, well, we all are, Caesars. Or, we all uh, are. <laughs> but those books tend to, especially with prop markets, they tend to be less responsive to bets in terms of moving their prices. Um, and they, you know, like you can bet something it won't move. They just will limit you or something like that. I don't know. Um, versus books in Vegas, you bet they move the line. You bet they move the line. And so, yeah, I, you know, they obviously are moving lines, but it's, it's, less, it, it's less responsive. They're more like, okay, we have our algorithms and we're sticking with this a little more. Yeah. Whereas Vegas reacts yeah. pretty dramatically. Okay. So. By the way, I would I would question, Gilly, whether New York is going to be that big a deal. I think, I mean, when I lived in New York, everybody was betting already. So it's not like, now granted in Louisiana maybe, but in New York it seems to me that everybody was already betting. Now maybe they're going to all bet legally no, now. No, that's my whole they point is that they're yeah. betting legally. What is the, what's the point of otherwise? I, 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 oh, I thought you meant that they that they wouldn't have had access to this kind of stuff in the past. No, I'm I saying, that's I'm saying in, the, in the prop markets that we're talking about that are largely legal, right, that we're talking about, that they, they could be affected in an entirely more dramatic way than they ever have been before. I don't think that's a nutty statement. I didn't say it was nutty. I yeah. just think that, that theoretically, the, the, I think I'm a not, lot more people were exposed in New York than you would think otherwise. But oh, okay, yeah, maybe no, I'm wrong. I, no, no, I wasn't trying to be naive about the fact that they didn't find other ways to bet or maybe they crossed the state line in some cases. But I'm saying there is a large group of that, of that population 
let's say if, if it's, I mean, they just made $1.6 billion in legalized betting in a three-week span, or $1.6 in handle in New York. It just destroyed New Jersey in well, three weeks. How much of that was the free play promos, though? Maybe. That's, that's the big question. That's the big question. But it's also, also, it's also not a standard Sunday of football either. Imagine no. if they have 16 games to bet on what that number is going to be like. And I guess all I'm saying, Todd, is... But Meltzer, Meltzer made a very good point that per capita it was actually lower Louisiana. than Louisiana, which That's was right. kind mm. of which is interesting. Now, which is now online, too, <laughs> yeah. as I just mentioned. So that, so what I'm saying is of that, of that huge swath of influx... There's got to be a bunch of that, a, a huge percentage of that, is people okay. who have just Whatever. waited. We don't have yeah. to. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just I'm just. All right. it out. By the yeah. way, I do have a, a, a pre-flop bet. I have the Bengals at plus four and a half. I don't – it's not a big bet. I took it. Could I see the Rams crushing him? I could. Could I see the Rams winning? I could. But uh, Burrow has shown me enough, despite his poor offensive line, I'll take the points. So I do have that bet going, just to, uh, to be clear on my side. Uh, the, your favorite prop bet. So have you? So you're waiting for a lot now, a lot more than you used to, Rufus. You're I waiting am. to bet. Of the ones you've made so far, how many have you made so far? First of all, ooh. Um. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What percentage of the total that you will make have you made so far? How about that? How many will you have at kickoff? How many? I'm trying yeah. to think more in terms of volume. Um, I would say... I probably well, have only made about a third of the bets I plan to make, okay. or a third of the money down. Yeah, which is third very money, different yeah. than what it used to be. Used very to. different. It used to be like 80% was down by this point. Wow. So it's a totally how things game. have changed. It is. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I could get 80% of my EV if I just waited till Super Bowl weekend to bet. When did you figure out that that change needed to be made? Well, it's not that the change needed to be made. It's just that there weren't as many opportunities early and then the opportunities to get things presented themselves. Right. And, and so I've realized that over the last few years, you know, I might bet something. I think it's a great bet on, you know, the, when the lines come out and, you know, game day, I'm getting the same line or better after the, you know, so I'm, I'm basically waiting on all my unders and, and except for like sort of the niche markets, like first reception length or something like that, where I don't think that's going to get a ton of public action. <laughs> but in terms of the bigger player markets, you know, the Cooper Cup receiving yards for the game. Cooper Cup, will he score a touchdown? Waiting on I'm those. waiting on those. You have a Joe Mixon bet that you made, though, correct? Or yeah. Wait, yeah. I, I bet Joe Mixon under receiving yards. 28 and a half, what'd you get at? I think we got it anywhere between 28 and a half and 26 and a half. And you're thinking on that is? Why do I like the bet? Yeah. Well, my numbers like it. <laughs> I haven't projected lower. Um, the reason, I guess a big part of that, you know, he's he has been a much more active part of the receiving game the last few weeks. I, 
I'm actually, actually against the Chiefs, maybe not quite as much. I have to like see what that number was there. But um, I think there is a bit of recency bias. Three for 27 last week, actually. Um, but they have, those, I guess, with the Chiefs game notwithstanding, have been games where there have been either positive or neutral game scripts for, for Cincinnati. They've been um, in the lead or it's been a close game, whereas um, you look in the midseason stretch where they're involved in some blowouts and uh, he was much less of a factor in the receiving game. And if you look at it, um, his, his participation in the receiving game is very, very directly linked to what the score differential is and what the game script is. So yes. um, in obvious passing situations, Pirine's in. So Mixon, Mixon gets his receptions and his receiving yards when the Bengals are basically leading or the game is very close. When they're, when they're, feeling when they're trailing. Yeah. yeah, when they're when they're trailing and you know, when they're trailing, P. Ryan is the guy that is much more involved in the receiving game. So there you go. And probably much more involved in the game period because they're not exactly. running the ball if they're trailing. Exactly. But it's interesting because you think like, okay, if it if if a team is trailing, you know, they're gonna be throwing the ball more, running back's gonna be more running back gets receptions from that, but it's actually kind of the opposite with the Bengals. Like, I mean, at least for Mixon, yes. if they're up, Mixon is going to be involved in the passing game. This is why it's so interesting now with the in-game props, where I find that, you know, when you're getting, when you're looking at the in, the, the pro, obviously the, the in-game is huge for the line and it's also huge for the props. So if, you know, if a team is ahead 21 to three, you know, and the running back, your, your primary running back has say 15 yards, they're going to make him only like say 35 for the full game because they know he's not going to be running the ball. Like you just said. And, and the reason I brought it up now is just because you, you had that whole discussion about Mixon. Mixon will be out of the game because the Bengals can't run the ball down 21 to three in the third quarter. So, and, and you see a similar thing with the passing yards, the passing yards number goes way up for a team that's down a lot. They figure, Oh my gosh, he's going to, they're going to have to throw all the time. Now, sometimes they overinflate it. I've been noticing, for instance, when a team's losing big in the first half, say 21, three is a perfect example late in the first half. If a guy has 50 passing yards, his number will be like two sixty. So they think he's going to get 210 passing uh, yards in the second half. Cause he's going to be chucking it every play. So, I mean, whether that's true or not in a particular game, obviously you have to take each one to an account, but it is kind of interesting how the, the game flow is so much of a part of these props. So I think that was really interesting what you were just telling us about Mixon. Do, do you do any in-game no. majors like that? No, I'm, I'm too, I'm, I'm stress eating, stress drinking. Yeah. At that point, at that point, yeah. just <clears throat> yeah, trying to log tickets that I bet right before the game started to how aware, like if you had what percentage of, of if you bet 30, can you keep track of all of them in your head, or are you just focused on a few of them, the ones that are the most outlay for you? No, I mean basically every play. Like we'll have we'll have like a drunk grading sheet open right. where we can kind of grade, <laughs> right. and and yeah. there'll, there'll be many mistakes found the next day. But <laughs> but basically, you yeah. know, where some of us will be grading as things happen. Yeah. Being like oh shit, we've lost. Oops, bad language. Um, Todd, we'll, how yeah. many? Uh, what, you'll you'll figure it out the next day. Some will be mistakes. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah. go through our tickets one by one and make sure, and, and people double check everybody else's tickets, that kind of thing. Like, but I, I mean, would, I would feel but, you're probably the more reliable of the bunch. I would imagine. I don't know about that. Uh, okay. I'm not that detailed. So much. 
so much of the props though can be can really come down to like one situation like for instance if a team is driving with 235 left in the first half and they don't get the first down right and therefore the other team is going to get another chance now at the end of the first half and they're going to be throwing the ball that's an extra you know 50 or 60 yards of passing possibly for a particular passer or for those re- receivers so it's very interesting how the game flow is huge which i mean or do most books now offer this Todd, I'm not trying to be naive, but here in Vegas, we don't have it. Offshores oh, of don't have it in many cases. Regular season has yeah. regular season NFL has in-game props. FanDuel, DraftKings. Now, depending on who you are, you might not be able to bet them. Yeah. Like I'm not really able to bet them at DraftKings, but the the you know you can if you're just a regular recreational better, you you can bet all these things in regular games. If so, of course you could do it for the Super Bowl. But even regular games have it. You know, all these games have it. All right, here are the props that I have bet already. Um, I'm not sure if I'm adding more. <clears throat> a couple of these, a few of these might not even be there anymore. And in fact, I'll, I'll update them for you. One was no touchback on the opening kickoff. This was a complete Intel kind of bet. So back in the day with this, I used to go through on shows, oh, this is the percentage of times this kicker kicked into the end zone and resulted in yeah. touchback. This is the kind of times, percentage of times it was deferred on kickoffs, that kind of thing. Pat McAfee had this podcast last year. Uh, he kicked in the Super Bowl when he was with the Indianapolis Colts when they played the Saints. Well, he punted. Right, but he did the kickoff. They did the opening oh, kickoff. Was, was he their opening? Was he the kickoff kicker? Yes. I didn't realize that. And he, for 30, uh, at least I believe that's the case. Yeah, now you're now you're having me confused, but I believe that's the case. I'm going to look it up. For 30, uh, you know, what, what he basically said was during a regular season game, opening kickoffs, the kickers get to mess around with the football for about 30 minutes. They get to wear it in. They get to kick it. They beat it around. And the ball, by the time the game starts, is, you know, tenderized, if you will. That's my word, not his. In the Super Bowl, that does not take place. You do not but get... Wait, is that good or bad for kicking? Let me finish and you'll get the whole oh, story. <laughs> so, you, so, you, so basically, you don't get to mess around with the football. And when you show up for the opening kickoff, because their whole point with this kick is to just send the ball into the Hall of Fame. So you just show up. You didn't get to mess with the ball for 30 minutes. And he says it's like kicking a brick. And so um, then as soon as the play is over, they package the ball and they send it to Canton, right? That Or they package it up to, to be sent to, to Canton. And so 26, for t- touchbacks. To, yes, 26 of the last 28 Super Bowls have resulted in no touchback. Now, some of those were back when they kicked off. Uh, from a different yard line. Most of them. Most of them. But eight of the last ten, no touchback from the current yard marker. I have a great story for you. So, I have a great story for you. So, so that's the story. And so, by the way, like with Harrison Butker, he told this last year before the, the Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl, Harrison Butker and, and was in that game. So it was like plus 270 to not be a touchback. Now it was only like – it was anywhere between like plus 135 and plus 160. And my argument was anything in plus money based on that kind of intel is still probably a good bet. Now it's a coin flip at William Hill. I wouldn't bet it anymore because if Evan McPherson kicks it, he could catch it. It could go into the end zone for all I know. But when it was plus money, if you can still find it plus money, I would bet it. No touchback. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is you know I, I think I I think I laid a price on on it to be a touchback without that intel earlier on. But now that I've heard this, I'm laying yes. off. Yeah. 
That's so that's this reminds me of the the Indianapolis Colts versus the Chicago Bears. If you remember correctly, the Chicago Bears had a guy named Devin Hester on the team. I went to Vegas. I was living in L.A. I went to Vegas um, to play for the Super Bowl and I made one or two prop bets. One of them was that the Bears would never lead in the game. I think it was like plus 175. <laughs> the Bears will never lead in the game. Whoopsie. And I'm thinking Whoopsie. the Bears had uh, Rex Grossman at the quarterback position. I had Peyton Manning at the quarterback position. I thought there was a very good chance the Bears would never lead. I also thought the Colts wouldn't be stupid enough to kick it to Devin Hester when he had only returned about 5,000 kicks for touchdowns that year. Well, guess what? They decided to kick it to Devin Hester and then got destroyed the rest of the game. Yeah. So I was a very unhappy camper that day about the yeah. opening kickoff. That one, that one <laughs> lost quick. Uh, the, the other one is I laid, this is not for everybody, but I laid minus 330 on there would not be a missed extra point in this game. Uh, Evan McPherson and Matt Gay combined this year, postseason and, and regular season, 103 for 106. Uh, 103 out of 106 on their extra points. Yeah, that's 97% plus uh, rate. Um, I know there's more math to it than making it just this simple, but even at a minus 330 price, which converts to about 76%, uh, that's still a good bet to me, minus 330. Indoor, too. Yeah, indoor exactly. well, sort of indoors. Have you been to that stadium, Todd? Well, yeah, it's kind of like a carport, no. I've right? been there. Look, I was there, and I was cold. Like, it was yeah. it was, it was, was freaking cold in there. Like, it was, I was there for the Chiefs-Chargers game, which is an incredible game, by the way. But Was that the one that was delayed? One of them Monday was delayed. Football. Yeah, Monday Night Football. I don't know. Delayed. I was delayed in getting there because of L.A. traffic. But, yeah. No. So I, I got there late in the second Literally quarter. a storm landed on top of SoFi. No, no, this wasn't yeah, that one. Okay. This, I wish this was, was the one. game when it was fourth down at the five-yard yeah. line 18 times. Exactly. And the guy oh. kept going for it. Right. right yeah, it was right, right, right. smart coaching on both sides. Uh, and bit, and everybody was like, why don't they just kick field goals? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that game. But it was – I remember also looking at the – I don't know what, what do you call it, the little banner, the ribbon on the on the top of the uprights. Yeah, it was moving. It was moving a little bit. So because yeah. you, I mean, the ends are open a little bit. You're, it's it's a canopy. So I think temperature. I mean, temperature has an impact. Although I looked at the weather, it's going to be like 70 degrees. So yeah, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be like 71. It's, but yeah. it's not. But if it was 50 still. degrees, then that would totally impact kickoffs uh, and extra points. By the by the way, what about the one that's minus 500 that the team will defer? I saw that this even got a regular news story in Yahoo. There's nothing more than there's no better free money bet than the team will defer minus 500, or it's it's somehow worded that the team will you know whoever wins the coin toss will elect to defer or something something to that effect, and it's minus 500. That sounds and, way and it doesn't, high. Well, no, it's too, it's too it's too low because every team defers when they don't. Almost every team defers when they win the uh, when they win the coin toss. Is that true? So that it's almost actually, every team defers now. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah really. I yeah, didn't know almost. That. It's about that. it's something like twenty-seven out of twenty-eight. Oh, I had no uh, idea. I didn't know it was yeah, that high. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, everybody defers. It used to be Bruce Arians used to not defer, but even yeah. he defers now. So, Todd, Todd, so it, do you make any prop bets? Um, I made uh, just a couple, but not nothing major. Just like Rams, uh, more first downs. Um, there's a couple other ones, uh, but it, I'm not I, I'm not well enough versed on the props to tell you you should be following me on the props. Here is uh, my one sort of PSA every year that we do on the Super Bowl show, and we've done this for over a decade now. When at, when you ask bookmakers what is the prop that most trips up the public. 
Longtime listeners to the Megapod know where I'm going with this. Rufus, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Everybody yes. offers, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm about to say? Three unanswered? Three unanswered. There we go. That's the one. So three unanswered. So the casual better, and again, if you're new to this, you'll see this prop. Will a team score three unanswered? Not including extra points, right? Will they have three unanswered scores? And so the, the, the yes is like minus 200-ish, and the no is about plus 170. And the average better will look at that and be like, three unanswered scores. The no is plus 170. My God, these are two really great teams. How is the no plus 170? I'm totally betting that. But the truth is, is that it happens all the time. Four unanswered scores, it correctly flips. But three unanswered scores, that is actually priced appropriately. So that's the prop. So it's about 65% yeah. or it's about 62%. Yeah, that prop is 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 correctly priced. And so people shouldn't go nuts betting the no on that. It could hit, but it's not like there's value on it as, as it sort of meets the eye kind of thing. But see, that's, a, that's another one of these correlated kind of situations because I'm sure in games that there are uh, more one-sided games, there's probably more of that three in a row. Uh, thing happening. So that's why I just find a lot of the props to be like, you know, very, very correlated to game. Am, am I wrong about that, Rufus? No, I mean, you're right that obviously a blowout's more likely. But even in a closer game, even in a game that's a pick, it's still it's still very likely. Because, and think about like, you had, think about Bengals Chiefs, right? One team has a, takes a lead, the other comes back. That kind of thing happens a lot. And what's interesting is that there's, you know, the higher the total, the more chances there are for three unanswered scores. You yes. get more opportunities. But at the same time, the higher the total, the uh, the less independent who uh, each score is. So, oh, you know, because, right, it's 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 sort of these conflicting things, right? Because yeah. if you score, then the other team, I mean, it, it's less likely you're going to have oh, a team that doesn't score for a few possessions. That's a good point. But, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, that, that's interesting. The uh, Rufus, do you have any more you wanted to share that you've done already, or is that the only one, the mix-in one? Um, any other? I mean, sure. Like here, yeah. you guys talk right now. I'll find something that. Well, I let think me I, let me do my exotic. Here, I'll give you I'll give you another one that somebody gave me that that is good. This one, uh, the 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 two minute warning will land exactly on two minutes, is uh, one that a, a a very respected person uh, uh, told me to bet, and it was uh, it's I think it's like minus. 275 or minus 200 in one of the halves and minus 275 in the other half. Um, oh, that's a bad. I don't know. I don't know anything about that one because I don't pay attention to that. But they seem to think it's it's a really good one. That is a good bet because you you just sort of like in your mind's eye, you can already think of how many times does it you know does a play go past it and land on like 157 or 156 or 158. Right, so what it, it percentage seems, do you think that like is? It seems like way, way rarer than that betting line indicates. I need to like query so you this think right it, now. It, yeah, that's an interesting one. So you would, so you would think it would land maybe, say, twenty percent of the time, as opposed to you know where it's being priced uh, more like thirty. Maybe, maybe not even twenty percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a good okay. bet. Yeah. I'm I'm literally like scrambling to query this right now just to so I can sort of see. Yeah, that's interesting to me. Uh, I, no, I think he's right. I think that's a very good bet. So here's while Rufus is looking that up, and before he provides us with another bet. Here, so here are my uh, here are my thoughts on the exotics, if you will, which are available more offshore than they are. But everyone on on this megapod through the years wants to hear about this. So Mickey Guyton, who I was unfamiliar with, is a country singer. She is singing the national anthem. Uh, the national anthem. The only evidence of her singing a national anthem on YouTube 
is she did one in front of it was in Washington DC it was in front of some very elaborate orchestration maybe even the National Symphony Orchestra for all I know and it was done at some event and she sprinted through it like she just it was like she was double parked outside you're it, telling me 116 or something is that did, what is that what you in, heard she didn't like one i mean the whole video was 125 so it was under that right so the okay i heard 116 could be so the first yeah. super bowl prop that came out was at 95 seconds so 135 so you would think you'd be like oh well she's got to be an under then right no i immediately thought to myself i'm like there is no possible way that she is going to sing anything quicker like no way you know as quick as she did in that video she's going to absolutely milk it more than that 95 seconds is an unbelievably low number for a national anthem so i said what's oh, an average what's an average one? Oh, like around two minutes like, shallow, okay. give or take a few seconds. So I said, That's what oh, I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I said over on this, and now I'm told that it's already at 140. So apparently everybody else <laughs> had the same exact thinking that I did. So now I'm not sure how, how much I would bet that anymore, right? Like, it's getting to well, a I'm point. Well, I'm playing in-game. I'm, I'm doing the in-game in -game, on You're in-gaming the yes, anthem. <laughs> By the early. Quick, hit the over. Quick, <laughs> In-gaming the anthem. Uh, and and then, the home of the under. <laughs> and then the, uh, the other one that we've made hay on here through the years is, and I'm not sure how many places you can find this on, because I find this a little scarcer this year than in previous years, just on my sort of anecdotal look. But I know like a place like uh, the old Bow Dogs of the world, Bovada, right, that I think they still have this. If you can find what song will be played first at the halftime show, that's always the big one. We've hit this many years. Um, it is, again, it's Dr. Dre, it's Eminem, it's Mary J. Blige, it's Missy Elliott. It is Kendrick Lamar. It's a whole hodgepodge of uh, hip hop. What are and, they doing? Is, is it like everybody gets to do a song, or everyone's I guess, do it together? I guess it's like oh, a, people don't even know what's going to happen. Yeah. So you know, my I have some history with these artists in terms of uh, following their careers. To me, there are only two candidates. Uh, only two candidates for for what the first song will be. Uh, and those only the only two possible candidates on those are uh, are California Love, which was Dre's biggest, which he had with Tupac, and obviously the Super Bowl is being played in California. And then the other one is Eminem's big hit from Eight Mile called Lose Yourself, which is the uh, you only get one shot. People know that song, right? One opportunity. What about That's California? Right. What about California girls in a den and den? Isn't that a, isn't that a uh, Snoop Dogg one? I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. So, um, <clears throat> so to me, it's only between those two songs. One of those is going to be the opener, and one of those is going to be the close. Today on a numbers game, I I said California. I didn't I didn't mention Lose Yourself, but I said uh, I said it's either California Love or and before I got to say Lose Yourself. Crack, Bill Krakenberger goes, I'll tell you right now, it's not California love. So my <laughs> betting advice based on that reaction from Crack is that Eminem's Lose Yourself will be the first song played on the Super Bowl half. Do you get show. multiple choice on that on the betting thing? Do they give yes. you like five songs yes, or something? They, give you, they typically oh. give you anywhere between five to eight songs. 
So I see. Lose yourself, Rufus. I know you do things by the numbers, but can you can you argue with that unbelievable? Rufus's model rebound? had Rufus's model had love yourself. Lose yourself. Fact, he, it's lose well, yourself. Because my, my model so his, loves itself too Rufus much sometimes. Has, that's the problem. No, Rufus is, love yourself. Wait, Rufus's model has a lot of love in it. You know, so that's I, I like love I like yourself. I like models, and I like loving myself. Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't? So yeah, you know, I, I'm you just go. gonna leave it at that. So there it is. Lose yourself. Lose yourself. Eminem. That's gonna be your first song, and I. And, Oh, that's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, star of last week's Megapod, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Ortega is with us. Brian, you were phenomenal on, can we, Brian, can we hear you on the air, or are you just talking in our ear? Talking in our ear. Okay, so Brian Ortega, who was the star of last week's uh, Man's Guide to Sin City, the Vegas Lifestyle podcast, is in my ear saying that California Love will be the last song. Is that what you're saying? Okay, so we're we're consensus here. California Love is going to be the last song. Lose Yourself is going to be the first song. So Lose Yourself is the answer to the first song. Uh, and we stake our Megapod reputation on it. By the way, we don't have that in Pennsylvania. I think Pennsylvania... No, that's offshore a stuff. Of, a lot of this stuff is down. It's yeah, offshore unfortunately. stuff. Though. Rufus, did you do the query about the two-minute warning thing? Um, I tried to. I, I feel like I messed it up somehow. How, do, how, does how would you do, figure yeah, that I was out? Say, I'm literally looking at the play-by-play -play and just seeing, okay, is there a play where... like. Created, created a dummy variable where the play started exactly two minutes, zero seconds left in the second quarter. Yeah. But I think I didn't need to get rid of penalties and shit like that. Oh, okay. Uh, do you have one more prop or so you want to share with us? Um, I mean, I have a lot of props, I bet. Yeah, but please, the question is... Please, spill um, Okay, I'll share an over, I bet, actually. Because yeah. that's something that's been bet, basically. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Um, I like Van Jefferson over two and a half oh. passing receptions at plus 110. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, that, yeah, go ahead. No, he, I guess his, I mean, his role has been, um, well, he's still gotten a lot of snaps and ran a lot of routes the last few weeks. He just hasn't had a lot of catches. And Odell Beckham has gotten a lot more catches than he has. But Odell Beckham's basically in the Robert Woods role. Yes. Um, I mean, statistically, their sort of roles are fairly indistinguishable, um, at least the last few weeks, um, Rob, what Robert Woods did the first nine weeks this season when he was healthy. So um, I don't think, I mean, Van Jefferson's role has certainly, I mean, his his target share has decreased a lot in, in recent weeks, but he's he was banged up a little bit. I mean, I know that McVeigh said that there was the week against the Niners that Ben Skoronek was in, like, for a potential game-winning drive. Um, in like crunch time instead of Van Jefferson. And, and he, he said, when asked about it, um, McVeigh said, oh, you know, we were just like 
we like Skoronek. We're trying it out. But I, I mean, I, you know, I don't buy that exactly. I think that I think he was banged up a little bit. I mean, his his snap counts are back up the last two weeks, and so I think that maybe there's a bit of an overreaction to those. Um, sort of weeks where he wasn't really involved as much. And this is all correctly based on snap counts and more specifically targets. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I look at, right, I project out snap counts and routes run, and then I project out a guy's targets per route run. Okay. And then whether the guy catches the ball so or not. So Van Jefferson over two and a half receptions? Yeah. Okay, I like that. Which he has not gone over two and a half in any of his last four games. You getting plus Actually, money Actually, he hasn't gone that? over it a lot recently, but sorry. Is it plus, it plus money, yeah. Plus money. It plus money. Okay, I like it. Rufus, the floor is yours. This is, that is you want to give. Well, Rufus, I mean, what do you I, think I hate overs, though. I hate been... overs. So this was like, this is an over that, you know, I, I just like, I plug my nose when I bet the over, and I don't bet that much on overs because I feel like, you know, if they lose, I just feel like very bad about myself. Just to be clear, you're not the guy at the Super Bowl party who, while everybody else is enjoying themselves, you're in the corner on a whiteboard trying to figure out the results of your process. <laughs> That's not you. No. you. You are fully immersed in the in the drinking and eating of a Super Bowl, and you'll worry about the props afterwards. Oh, I'm worried about the props while I'm drinking and eating. Well, okay. So I just wanted to make clear. It's, it's sort of a combination. Yeah. It's, 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 it's basically yes. Okay. But I mean, a why, white computer screen. Why is Rufus so annoyed in the corner? He's trying to figure out if Van Jefferson's going to get a third catch. Yeah. I'm so, drinking and eating during every football game, so if you were wondering no, about that. No, but uh, here, here's, a, here's a question I have for you, um, Rufus. To whoa, me, whoa, did this just happen? The 76ers what? acquire James Harden? Oh, my goodness, it happened. Is oh this real? My gosh, I get... Wait, let's do the MVP odds quick. Uh, Wait update. a minute. So it did happen. <laughs> so listen, you have to have this is a brief basketball aside. So listen, on primetime action, I'm sa I'm telling Kelly Bidlin and Matt Brown, I'm like, you, how real do you think this Harden and Simmons thing is? And those two guys basically laugh me off the show. They're like, it's less than 0% chance, Gil. And then last night, Matt conceded it was a 3% chance. It is happening. 76ers acquire James Harden in a trade for Ben Simmons. Nets also get Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Did the did the Sixers just give up everything to get Harden? Good Lord. Harden, Harden's damaged goods. I mean, he's never been a winner anyways. Wow. Why, why would you want him? That's what, okay. anyways. That's what I'm saying with his NBA stuff. Don't laugh me off the show. This shit always happens. Wow. Watch college basketball. The NBA is no betting association. Um, can I ask Rufus a quick question? Please, what he thinks about Okay, so so the so the the narrative obviously of this game, I guess the biggest narrative, and I don't watch all the regular sports uh, talk show nonsense, but I would say probably the regular narrative is can the can the, the Bengals block the LA Rams fierce pass rush because they don't seem to be able to block anybody's pass rush? If so, is it possible that um, Burrow will throw the ball quicker and meaning have more routes to maybe quick dump off passes to say a tight end or something Screens like that or who, right. Whatever you would, whatever answer you would have to the fact we can't block these guys and we have to get rid of the ball quickly. Do you think that that is going to have a big uh, effect on, on the props, especially for the receivers? Yeah, I think it could. And, and, and maybe a little, yeah, more, more, more running the ball too. I think that's you know if if they get if they get behind they they could be in trouble though given the fact that you're right they cannot block and the Rams certainly have um, a very fearsome pass rush and I have I have I have Burrow projected to be sacked 3.55 times that is a lot that is a very large number how many 3.55 wow yeah so uh, 
you know, I'm not the X's and O's guy, Todd, but I, I can see that happening for sure. The thing is, I don't I know. I mean, okay. the whole point here is, like, coaches come up with game plans that they don't expect the other team to be ready for and all that stuff. So, you know, if, if every team knew what the other team exactly was going to do, then, um, well, then it would be a lot easier. Uh, and they would not be a very good coach. Uh, so I, I also heard I also heard Fezzik talk about this on his radio show about the um, odds on the yards are not exactly as they should be for a four and a half point favorite. Something to the effect that the Bengals were a little more inflated. I, I think I have that right. They it, had too it, many do, yards projected. Seen? I mean, I, I someone told me about this too. Um, someone told me that Fezzik said said this. I don't know what that means exactly though. That like somehow their players he was saying are projected the for too many yards, but the correlation. He, he was saying like this: there are correlation yards um, that a certain like a four and a half point favorite means that that team's going to get say twenty five more yards in the game. Or I forget exactly what he but said, but it was something is. to that extent. I, I mean, I'm not saying oftentimes. I'm just, okay, you know, oftentimes the team that loses the game um, has more yards. Yeah, because right. it's it's especially if you're trailing, you're going to get a lot of, a lot more yards but fewer points, right? So. Right, I'm thinking he's talking about on average, but I, I guess I don't know exactly what he said, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, first off, I'll just... say, hey, it's team specific. I don't know if he's talking about yards for the team overall, like a prop, like what, how many yards will the Rams or think, and Bengals I have, or, or is it just like the individual player props and adding those together? Because, I mean, I, it, I will say that it, it, he had those some are kind medians, of correlation to means. both of those. Okay. Okay, I hear you. I'll, I'll have to listen to it. Maybe yeah. I don't. I don't know how to. What where where the radio where to find the radio? I think show it was on like some Fox Sports thing that I listened to for a couple minutes, and he was talking about. It. I thought I found it pretty interesting. That was which one in specific? That one? Sorry. No, he, it wasn't a prop. It was, he was talking about. I, uh, Fresic was talking about the that the correlation of the point spread to the yards is off a little bit for one team or the other. Meaning a, a four and a half point favorite should be a certain amount more yards, and it's not really correct for this game ah, or I something. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something to that effect. And I thought maybe Rufus would know about it. But anyways, we could talk more more of Rufus's uh, props because I find them interesting. You got too. one or two more, Rufus? I mean, I have lots of props, Please. but but I'm I'm. I'm going to respond to what you asked me rather than okay. throw stuff out. How's that sound? Okay. All right. How about what's the juiciest one that you think that you love? The um, juiciest one, like when you first got it, you were like, oh, my gosh, this is so juicy. I don't know. There wasn't that much that was super juicy. I mean, I guess when I first saw Odell Beckham's receiving yards number, um, like 65 and a half, and, but it's gone up since then, and I think it'll keep going up. You thought, I, it was, I you thought it was under. way too. Oh, you I thought, thought it was high. too high. Yeah. What is the one? I think you already related one. The the touchback. I was going to say, what's the one that you are slightly regretful of? Right oh, now? I made a bad bet. I made yeah. a bet on no um, on Huber not to get a touchback minus two eighty five at circa um, at the opener. I think I I somehow like I was I pulled over. Circuit props came out like about five minutes before I thought they would. And so I was not at the destination I was hoping to be at. Um, I wasn't home. So I literally had pulled over by the side of the road, pulled out my computer and was, was trying to bet these things when they came out. And so um, I, I think I literally, well, I kind of did some back of the envelope calculations on that one. I didn't have a number ready for it. And then when I actually got into the nitty gritty of it and looked, um, I found that I I, I wasn't just a bad bet. It was a very bad bet, and I liked the other side of it. So I ended up – but I will say, because they moved the line so much, I ended up betting minus 285 on the no Hubert – well, I bet I bet plus – sorry, I bet plus 
290 on the Huber touchback. And then I came back and bet no at minus 285. So I locked in a little profit so there won. with my bad bet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd rather not have like had to lay all that money to win that very small, small amount. But what's the, what's the biggest outlay you have on any of these props? What's the one that um, is the most? Probably T Higgins under receptions. Maybe. I don't know. T Higgins under receptions. All right. Under five and a half. Was there, was there a year that you look back on with Super Bowl props that you remember as your, the granddaddy of them all where you made the most hay? Well, my first, my first two years ever betting props were probably like the best in terms of ROI percentage. So the first year I hit, I didn't even watch the game, the Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl. And I still remember telling everybody at the LVSC office, um, or I think Brian Blessing had come around and asked us to predict our, our final score. And I said 27 to 23, which ended up being the actual final score. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. I should have been betting these like fan duel exact score <laughs> oh of both teams, God. right? Yeah. Um, that was just like top of my like i was like yeah it sounds like a reasonable score but that super bowl i hit i didn't watch it because i was too nervous i borrowed money from friends i had people invest in me um i made like a i think the money that was bad i made a twenty four thousand dollar profit out of like sixty thousand invested because i hit gary russell first wow. touchdown that was a big one gary so, russell gary russell touchdown. Gary, yeah wow. do, you have a first, about, do you have a first touchdown for this yeah one? yeah i bet cam Akers at at plus 750 and higher oh. i make it plus 670 Somebody was asking me about that on Twitter today. What do you think about Cam Akers' first touchdown? There you go. I like it. Um, huh. But the next one, I still remember the end with the the Peyton Manning. Um, it was, oh, Saints to beat the Colts. I hit both exact as I hit um, Reggie, like Manning unders, Wayne unders. I still remember that fourth down pass intended for Wayne going incomplete and like jumping on the shoulders of one of my business partners. And we were just like, oh, because we like basically there, you know, that was a huge leverage play there. If he scores that touchdown, Manning goes over yards. Wayne goes over yards. Manning goes over touchdowns. Like, oh, wow. And, and, and everything, and it all won as a result. Wow. Yeah, so. That how was, about, that was how about in the Steelers, in the Steelers Super Bowl, I had over 23 and a half first half. It's 10-7. Kurt Warner's at the Steelers four-yard line. There's about 12 oh, seconds yeah. left in the first half. I have over 23 and a half. <laughs> I'm just hoping for a touchdown for the Cardinals, right? Because <laughs> I want it to be 14-10 at the half because I have over 23 and a half. And he throws it to Harrison. And Harrison is rumbling, bumbling, stumbling down the sideline with a convoy of Steelers and a convoy of Cardinals. And he gets tackled at the, at the what is either the one-yard line or in the end zone. They call it a touchdown. But it was extremely close on the, on the replay. And barely the nose of the ball and when i see the replay of the of the of the um of the play now i noticed that the guy who made the tackle larry fitzgerald who came from all the way to the other side he was standing out of bounds when he first touched uh harrison and i was wondering if you're standing out of bounds and you're holding a guy is the guy still considered inbounds or out of bounds i think you're out of bounds i'm pretty sure you're out of bounds you should be right you can't make a tackle from out of bounds. Wait, technically. are you no, not allowed Harrison, to be out of bounds when you make? Like, is there some rule against making a tackle while you're touching out of bounds? I don't. What? Yeah, if you're, at, I mean, well, think about it. I've never seen somebody you, penalized for. I've never seen it either. But if that. you watch the replay, you'll notice that that uh, the guy's the, foot. If a guy's completely, if a guy is out of bounds, and he's making a can tackle, you tackle a guy? Can you tackle a guy? I, I would assume so. Really? Why? I don't know because I've never seen a rule against it. I've never seen. Yeah, but a how many times called. have you seen a guy? tackle someone from out of bounds i think it's happened i mean especially if there's a fumble or something or like i don't know i mean 
I don't know. And Think about Super Bowl. There's a fumble and there's somebody touching the guy who's out of bounds. Technically, he's the guy. Like the guy recovers it. He's out of bounds. He's trying to recover it. He's touching the guy. He makes the tackle. That's yeah. not a penalty. Yeah, but how many times have you seen a receiver and the first contact, the person to to have him be ruled down is a guy that's out of bounds making the tackle. I don't think you see that. No, I, I feel like you could see it on a fumble recovery, like near the sideline. No, you'll see the fumble recovery with a guy out of bounds, but I'm saying the tackle No, 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 itself. I'm saying the tackle because no, no, he's also it, going for the fumble. He's out of yeah, bounds, like, angled in. He's, the guy slides. There's a billion yeah. guys sliding towards the sideline, and there's a bunch of guys. Some of them are landing out of bounds. Some of them are landing inbounds. They're touching each other. That happens. Uh, lots of guys touching each other. I don't know. Yeah, this, this show is taking a turn with that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that, guys. Well, well this gives me an opportunity to, take, to, take, to say two things. Go back and look at that play. I'm going to Google this. Go back and look at that play. It's amazing because – one, yeah, one, it, I do wonder if that James Harrison touchdown would have withstood replay scrutiny of today. Forget Larry Fitzgerald out of bounds. Would the ball have been ruled over, right? Yeah, and they had replay. I know they did, but today seems so much more picayune, right? Today seems so much more scrutinized. The other thing is it gives me an opportunity to say the greatest NFL stat there ever is, there's ever been. Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles than he has dropped than he has dropped passes in his career. That's incredible. That is the oh. most incredible stat. University of Pittsburgh. You know, you know, you know what it means? It means that that too many interceptions have been thrown to him. He hasn't won enough 50-50 balls, huh? <laughs> is that where you got out of it? I don't know. Well, yeah. his quarterbacks, he he yeah. played with a lot of quarterbacks who threw a lot of bad passes. But uh, yeah, that was that was one of the most. I'll never forget that Super Bowl. I was at the Mandalay Bay, and I'm like losing my mind because Harrison intercepts, and now he's rolling, he's rumbling down the sidelines. Do you realize how long that play was? Oh, because forever. there was literally a convoy of guys, and I'm thinking to myself, if literally he gets tackled, that's it's over. Yeah. There's no way that, that there was like five Steelers and six Cardinals running with him. It was incredible. Yeah. By hey, the way, yes. by the way, Gil. Yes. I've googled this in college football. You can come back in, in the field of play and make a tackle. I don't know. I don't have an answer for NFL, but come back. Just, in, come back in the field of play. Yes, I'm talking about and make when, a tackle. Uh, yes, what you can come oh. back in the field of play and make one. I'm saying when you're out of bounds. I, I think you guys are mistaken about that. When you're out of bounds, you and you're the first person to make contact and tackle. I don't. You're not allowed to do that. You guys are saying, what oh, happens? you see it all the time. No, no you don't. No, I'm not don't saying, I'm time, not saying but... you see it all the time. I'm saying what, what Rufus is saying is theoretically possible. I remember millions of games where they fumble the ball towards the um, <laughs> sideline, and there's six guys over there on the sideline. Some of them are touching out of bounds. Some of them are not. So I could see how he's, what he's saying is also true. I'm I not love, sure. I though. love how in the, in the same sentence you're like, no, I'm not saying it happens millions of times, but I've seen it millions of times. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, yes. but I have seen millions of times fumbles on this near the sideline yes. where guys are rolling around. Oh, that, I don't know that what for, that means. That for sure, you have to. Yeah, you can't be out of bounds and recover the fumble. But I'm, we're talking about tackles here, man. We're talking about tackles. Right, but what he's saying is, if a guy could, if a guy fell on the ball just like a half a foot by the by the out of bounds, and another guy from the other team is laying on top of him and half out of bounds, they would call it a tackle, which is kind of similar to this scenario Sorry, because no, they're saying. Confused. No, I'm just confused. You, let Let's say you let's say you recover the ball a half a yard from the out from the out of bounds, yes. and you're not out of bounds, and there's a thousand guys jumping on top of you to also get the ball. And some of those people are touching out of bounds right. and they're on the other team. 
are those people credited with the tackle because they're touching you, even though maybe their leg is out of bounds. Uh, That's what Rufus is saying. Yes. I see what you're yep. saying. That's okay. what I'm saying. There. There. I, don't know. I can't find any rule. I have the NFL rule book open here for 2021. Oh, I, I can't. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting here. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble finding it. All right. Gentlemen, it's a, it's a big rule book, though. It's a big rule book. All right. I think we've uh, we've done all we can do. Unless, Rufus, again, I know you want to be provoked and uh, you want to be prompted. Just one more prop for oh, the one people. one more prop. Yeah, I, I know. know how much exciting that is. I don't is, know. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have to bet, Gil. Oh, I know. Well, no, I have no, to no, bet. Okay, if Rufus, you don't have how any about more, this, Rufus? No more. There's no more. Rufus, how about this? I know you don't in-game um, prop bet, but there if you, you did in-game prop bet, what, you would you, what would you be looking to do or not looking to do in a scenario, for example? Excellent exit question. That's a good question. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, because I don't know how well the, these things, the game scenarios are priced in. You know, maybe. They don't price them. You don't Perfectly. think they're priced in enough? So no, they are priced. They are priced. I don't think they're they're priced to withstand your modeling. Let's put it that way. Well, I've never modeled in game, so I think they probably are priced to withstand it. But I'll, why don't I just give you one one more prop I like? Actually, is oh. is the score not to be tied after zero zero? I make the price minus one twenty seven. You can get minus one ten um, in a lot of places. The the score not to be tied. Yeah. That doesn't include. Like after a touchdown, before the extra point, so it's after just right. like just like for three unanswered scores. Right. So, yes, I'm betting that there will not be a tie after zero zero, there which is not be a tie. done pretty okay. poorly this postseason. If you were betting that, by the way, because there were ties. Oh well, yeah, yeah every game ties. comes back and goes to overtime, right. and it's won by a field goal. I mean, another one in that vein is: Will the game be decided by exactly three points? No. I've seen that at minus 500 or better. My price is minus 550 on it. Oh. You can actually find that. You can, you can evaluate that one using the unabated alternate lines calculator. There it is. If you, if you look at, you go, you put in minus four and a half for the line, look, um, put in an alternate, alternate line, I can't speak anymore, of minus three and a half, and then alternate line of minus two and a half, and look at the difference between those two, calculate the percentages for the, the, for the implied probabilities, and do the same thing for plus two and a half and plus three and a half. Add those together, you have your chance the game lands on exactly three. Okay. So, 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 so I think it's a recency bias because, like, every playoff game, it seems like, has been decided by exactly three points. And last week I got burned. I laid minus 700 at the south point that on the bet Rams will win by exactly three points. No. Oh. No minus 700. Brutal. Ouch. Great, great bet. Bad result. Great bet, bad result. Well, first and first and uh, first and ten from the twelve-yard line, and the idiot runs the ball right into the line to, of course, give us second and eleven. You know, well, you there's know, no way they were going to get the touchdown. But, but you know, your reaction there, Rufus. You know what that says? It says that you bet the process. You I bet, bet the, the process. Result. That's right. You got it. And you got to be. You got to be comfortable with that. Uh, I By the way, here's one that I would like to just say real quick. Cam Akers, if the Rams get behind, you can bet all the Cam Akers you want running under because they'll just they'll abandon the run. They're not going to run that much anyways, but even if they were to run, they're, they're going to run because they're ahead. If they're behind, they're, they're going to throw that football. And I, I don't think Cam Akers is going to get his yards, and I don't think they'll bring it down far enough. So, for instance, if Cam Akers has, say, 10 yards early and they're down 21-7 somehow – you know, and then now they move it from uh, from whatever it is now to like say forty or thirty-five. Bet it under. Cam Akers ain't going to get the ball if they're down. I love it. I like that, Todd. Very nice. Again, here in the state of Nevada, sure wish you could bet that kind of way. <laughs> I think similarly mixing as well, but just because of what uh, um, Rufus said about P Ryan, but he, to be more in the passing game. But I think it's even more so for the Rams. I would say the Bengals. It seems like they 
I mean, they, they won't stop, abandon. No, they don't. Uh, they say fairly balanced. I mean, of course, if you're down big, you're going to abandon at some point. But I mean, Mixon, they were down. What was the score um, on their final drive before three. halftime? It was 21-3. They're still running the ball. Yeah. Yeah. They were still right. they still had Mixon they in. Were, they were yeah, still running the that's ball. That's true. They were. Which is funny. And I was Najee like, why are they doing that? And it, yeah. Yeah. Najee Harris is the one guy that they they messed the props up for because the Steelers will even run down twenty nine nothing against Minnesota and down the Steelers were down a zillion times this year and and usually you means you can just play the running backs under for those teams and usually win but you can't with Najee because they're always going to give it to Najee they never abandon the run even though they can't even run but it's kind of interesting can't run can't pass lose That's yourself first song. First song, Super Bowl halftime okay. show. Lose yourself. If you remember nothing else from this podcast, lose yourself. I thought yourself. it was love yourself. It's not yeah, love it's yourself, not it's love lose yourself. yourself. That's oh, a whole different oh, show. It's a whole different okay. show, Todd. Uh, that does it for the Megapod. That does it for the Megapod for the year. For the year. For the year? For the Well, for the season, anyway. Is it, there's no off season. Yeah, no, I, I do. Uh, I'm going to do tennis grand slams. I've committed to doing tennis grand slams. Moving a little, drifting from baseball over time, moving towards tennis. And plus, we don't even know if there's going to be baseball, for God's sakes. I mean, it's just ridiculous. That was, that was the best tweet during that Chiefs-Bills masterpiece was Dan Heron, the former MLB, the former Major League Baseball pitcher, tweeting, just so you guys know, uh, baseball's in a lockout. <laughs> right in the middle of the Bills and the Chiefs' dramatic finish. That was awesome. Just as a I just hope there's baseball... So I can so I can heckle Tim Anderson and have him yell back at me like that yes. uh, like last year, yes. and then Gilly saw me on ESPN <laughs> waving waving Tim up. Anderson home behind the dugout. <laughs> Todd Wishnev putting his. Uh, By the way, I can't believe he actually started screaming back at me. It was hysterical. Putting his weight on the scale. We look forward to random college basketball tournaments where you heckle as well. I, you know what? I tried. I went to the Duquesne um, uh, St. Bonaventure game, and I put up some videos. But the problem is, there was too many people there, yeah. and it was too loud in in the in the, uh, in the, in the uh, stands. It's much better when you. I got to go to like a Robert Morris game. How's, Robert Morris is out in Moon Township. I was, yeah. How's your golf betting going, by the way? Um, I mean, I had a great year last year. I'm not a great start to the season so far. Uh, down a little bit, but so we'll you know, it's what we're, we're five weeks into the year or something. But yeah. Todd, I actually I'm going to tease something for you. At Unabated, we're about we're we're coming out with um, in the next few weeks a tool for in-game college basketball betting, basically oh. value of points. So, mm. you, like you see, minus three and a half with three minutes to go. This is the score differential, whatever. I don't know um, what's minus two and a half, what's minus four and a half. Like how much are those points worth? So, if you're line shopping between books, I think that's. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to definitely check that out. And uh, college basketball has turned around for me. Uh, last year, I had an amazing season. This year, I was down for about the first month and a half, and now I've turned it around and I'm up nice. uh, in college basketball. So college basketball has been, you know, it's starting to really turn to the upside for me. Um, the one no thing that you may notice, I don't know if you notice this, Rufus, but you, you may not watch a lot of college basketball. They don't foul as much late in college basketball as they were in previous years. So in the past, if a team was ahead by, like, say, five points with 45 seconds left, they would foul immediately. And this year they're not doing it as much. It's why very do you, interesting. Why do you think that is, Todd? Analytics? I think there's too much uh, NBA influence. Um, the kids are – I think that the coaches – are starting to think, okay, well, we have a better chance if we can just get a stop down five and then hit a three with 15 seconds left and then go from there. I don't know whether they're right or they're wrong. To me, it still seems like you have a better chance of these kids missing the free throws and you should foul sooner, but they don't seem to be doing it. The The other thing that is just an incredible 
incredible pet peeve is they don't know that how to do the two for ones at the end of the first half. No, if they have the does. ball with 52 seconds left, it's unbelievable. It drives you absolutely crazy. So, you know, anybody who says, oh, well, when did you ever coach a college basketball game? I don't need to coach a college basketball game to know some of these things are moronic. My, and there's definitely my biggest pet peeve is the whole thing about if you're ahead. I hope I'll say this right. If you're ahead in the college basketball game and you're trying to milk clock, some of these teams immediately inbounds the ball. Just take your time. The clock yes. is moving. It just keeps running. You yes. could like the ball could drift away. Yes. And it's like and yeah. they race to the inbounds it and then they have a jacked up possession when they should have been wasting the time at the front end of that possession anyway. Right? And it's just it's just brain dead basketball. Drives me nuts. Take four seconds every time to inbound yes. it. Just stand there and be like, ah, okay, one, two, yeah. Games have been won and lost on that kind of stuff because that stuff adds up. Um, all right. But you know what? You know, we, we've never coached basketball, so I don't think we know. Yeah, we, we must not know anything. All right, Todd, thank you for a season's worth. Mike Palm uh, in memoriam. I don't know where he is, but uh, he's a father. You guys broke up on me at the end. I can't hear you. Well, we're just saying thank you for, you for doing the podcast for the whole year, Todd. We appreciate it, man. Thank you for all your efforts, all your songs. You know what your best performance was? That one show where you were totally serious. You were awesome. That one I with, wish I could hear you. Oh, he can't hear me. Anyway. He Todd was, being serious? Todd, oh no, one with Chris and Adam Chernoff a couple weeks ago was spectacular. Rufus, thank you very much, sir. Twice thank this year. Uh, maybe not as fun as doing our numbers game thing where we just talk about everything else besides sports. <laughs> but we'll get back to that eventually. No, nah, I mean, sports is my life too. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Good luck with Super Bowl 56. With all your bets, thanks for listening. Megapod, uh, not the Megapod, but the Beating the Book podcast will be back. Tennis golf, a whole bunch of stuff. The NFL draft, we'll do all of it in the offseason. Thanks for listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.